broadcasting around the entire world. From New York City. Via Simplecast. And supported by listeners like you. Bitcoin billions seller trading mining markets by sharing forks millions fights wise. Keeping you up to date on everything crypto. Welcome to Thriller News. Now here is your host, Carl Gonzalez. Hello ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls from around the world. Welcome back to another episode of Thriller News. Today is May 14, 2019, and I'm Carl Gonzalez, and we're talking consensus, talking blockchain week. We've got a lot of news to cover, and it's going to be quite filled up. So with that, let's jump into crypto top stories. Crypto top stories. All right. So today's crypto top story is BitGo Ventures Beyond Custody with a service that makes it look like the DTCC of Bitcoin. So what does that mean? Well, the quick take is that BitGo has announced it is launching a new clearing and settlement service, which will settle client funds off-chain and provide a much-needed trusted third party during the interim transfer of funds or assets. But according right now, it's a shift in its focus to address a long-standing grievance of both the banking and digital assets world. That's right, clearing and settlement. The Palo Alto firm announced it will offer new settlement and clearing services at an industry conference in New York. That's consensus. In a move that shows BitGo working to become the back office to the entire crypto trading world. BitGo has traditionally focused on its flagship custody businesses, reportedly storing $2 billion in client assets across 100 different coins and tokens. But competition is heating up in the custody world, forcing BitGo to expand into new frontiers, having recently been eyeing the launch of prime broker services. But today's news reflects BitGo's ambitions to serve as the crypto world's version of Depository Trust and Clearing Corporation, or a DTCC, which sits behind every trade in Wall Street. By providing a specialized clearing and settlement system, BitGo could be at the forefront of addressing one of the most underdeveloped and risky facets of crypto trading. Currently, settling a crypto trade takes place by moving users' assets into that's right, a hot storage wallet. By doing so, their crypto is exposed to risk of a hack or a counterparty defaulting because the settlement is done on chain. Ownership of the crypto is renounced before users secure their payments or vice versa, meaning the original owner absorbs any potential losses. Many believe this has been keeping institutions at an arm's distance because the likes of Backed and Liquidity Offset Network are working to address this gap, but it seems BitGo may now beat them to the punch. And that would be amazing. By adding an off-chain clearing and settlement service to its custody product, BitGo says users' digital assets should remain safe throughout a transaction as they will never leave custody before ownership is settled. In other words, BitGo acts as a trusted third party, locking up both parties' funds during settlement. The crypto is only moved on-chain during the withdrawal, by which point it is the new owner's responsibility. Yeah, that is big news coming out the gate here in Consensus. Yeah. I can't wait to see how BitGo just kind of transforms into this behemoth that we all know it is. Okay, with that, let's get into crypto rapid fire. We have a lot more to cover. Let's do it. 
rapid fire, just in case you missed it. Ladies and gentlemen, we have quite a lot to cover here in Crypto Rapid Fire. First up, we got Coinbase rolling out trading in USDC stablecoin to 85 countries. That's right. In a blog post Tuesday, the firm said it now offers crypto to crypto trading for USDC, their own stablecoin, in those countries on both its retail site, Coinbase.com, and its Coinbase Pro service. The firm touted the strengths of the token in the post, saying it offers a stable store of value and can be sent near instantly around the globe. Unlike other cryptocurrencies, each USDC is backed by one US dollar with monthly transparency audits showing 100% USD banking, Coinbase said. They also said for new customers in countries like Argentina and Uzbekistan, where consumer prices are expected to inflate by 10 to 20% in 2020, the stablecoins like USDC could provide an opportunity to protect against inflation. It further committed to providing more fiat to crypto on-ramps to enable more people to make use of the stable asset. In the same announcement, Coinbase also provided an update on the number of nations it now serves. While a year ago, 32 countries had access to its services, now that number stands at 103 with 50 announced today. So, gosh, way to go, Coinbase. Next up, we have Hyperledger. Hyperledger announces Ares, a toolkit for blockchain-based identity management. Looks like everybody is getting to the decentralized identity framework now, right? Everyone has a form of sovereign identity, according to Ervin's Drummond Reed during Coindesk's Consensus Live that happened on Tuesday. Reed and Brian Benoroff, executive director of Hyperledger, were there to launch their new identity management system. During his talk, Reed tapped his physical wallet full of cards and cash that he said was equivalent of state of the art when it came to digital identity. In an effort to bring digital identity into the 21st century, the pair have just launched a new open source framework for identity management called Ares. The framework the team wrote is not a blockchain and it's not an application. Instead, it is a method to build interoperable and verifiable credentials for secure communications. Reed believes we are mainlining the surveillance economy when we log in with Twitter and Facebook and even email. With uh, digital identity solutions, Aries-based logins, there's no one in the middle. It's just you and your private keys, he said. Reed said that Hyperledger's tools are already being used to build government identity projects. One project is called Verifiable Organizations Network in this first public permission production ledger for self-sovereignty identity. Pretty cool. We have interviewed Showcard in the past. You might have to go back a couple seasons to check out that episode. But um, yeah, this, this idea for identity on the blockchain has been around for a long time. And we know Microsoft just announced here on Monday that they're uh, getting into that as well, too. So there's going to be a solution for this. This is definitely going to be something that we're all going to be using here pretty soon. But should be interesting to see how it all kind of shakes out. Next up, we have Samsung. Samsung is set to roll out crypto features on budget Galaxy phones. South Korean electronics giant Samsung is planning to bring cryptocurrency and blockchain features to more phones across its Galaxy range. Citing a press release from Samsung, they reported that the firm would make its digital wallet app available even on lower cost models and will further expand the crypto features to more jurisdictions. Because apparently, <laughs> it's not in the United States. It's not. I have that phone. It's not in the United States. We will lower barriers to new experiences by gradually expanding the number of Galaxy models that support blockchain functions. We'll also expand our service target countries after Korea. So, yeah, let's hope they get this into everybody's hands. Uh, that was one of the big reasons why I bought that phone. And the fact that I can't even trade crypto directly on it was a major bummer. Come on, Samsung, get it together. Next up, we have Coinbase. So Coinbase has opened up XRP trading for New York residents. Yay, New York. San Francisco-based firm tweeted that tweeted that Monday saying that New Yorkers can now buy, sell, convert, send, receive, store, 
buy, sell XRP on Coinbase.com or via its iOS and Android mobile apps. They also said that uh, XRP will probably jump when they do. Now they didn't say that part, but it did jump. It jumped 20 percent and it went up to like 39 cents, according to data from CoinMarketCap. Now, they initially added XRP support for its retail platforms in February, as we all know. And New York and UK residents were not included at the time. But as we know, they have been continuously to grow and they support now Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash, Ether, Ethereum Classic, Litecoin, USD coin, Zcash, BAT, among others. Coinbase also recently started offering a fast and free payment service using XRP and USDC stablecoin. And it's primarily designated to an educational resource for customers to learn about the benefits of using crypto for cross-border payments. And they're also giving away free crypto, too, if you go to coinbase.com slash earn. Pretty cool stuff. Way to go, Coinbase, again. Next up, we have the SEC. That's right. They may investigate exchanges facilitating IEOs. That's right. Initial exchange offerings is the big ticket this year. (laughs) And exchanges may be operating as unauthorized security dealers under U.S. security laws if they take a fee for facilitating token sales. The SEC official Valerie Shospanik told an audience at Consensus 2019 conference, according to her, she said that you need to fulfill broker dealer licensing requirements. Platforms seeking to list these tokens are listing it for a fee or they bring buyers to the table for issuers are probably engaging in broker dealer activity. She also did not mention any exchanges by name, but we know them. <laughs> Binance specifically, OKX, uh, Bitrix, Qcoin, basically all the exchanges that are doing these IEOs and that have made a shit ton of profits from. Now, she also believes that the action against Token Lot for facilitating an ICO was instructive. In this case, there was an enforcement action as the platform was acting as a broker dealer and participating in the distribution with a violation of registration provisions. Yeah. So uh, I don't know, man. This, things aren't looking good if, if you're a non-regulated exchange in this space very fast. And when we talked to, I believe it was Amy, when in our Thriller Convo last year, um, she said the exact same thing. She said that, you know, there's going to come a time where the SEC starts going after these exchanges and they're not going to they're not going to hurt retail investors, obviously. Right. They're not going to go after our funds or your funds on these other exchanges that aren't uh, regulated, but they are going to find those exchanges. And uh, that is not good. That is not good. So. Um, just uh, take heed of that. Just remember that if you're on the outside looking in and you're wondering why your crypto is stuck somewhere, it's probably because it's an unregulated exchange. It's not the Wild West anymore, unfortunately. Times are changing. Okay, with that, let's get into crypto YouTube. That's right. We got to get into crypto YouTube. There's uh, some really good um, Shark Tank stuff going on. And our favorite pomp, Anthony Pompliano, has made the news. Let's do it. Crypto YouTube, the world of crypto YouTube, the world of crypto YouTube, the world of crypto YouTube. All right, time for crypto YouTube. This is making the rounds everywhere. And it's uh, Anthony Pompliano, founder and partner of Morgan Creek Digital Assets. Joined Squawk Box this morning at CNBC with uh, Shark Tank's Kevin O'Leary to discuss the latest surge in cryptocurrencies and uh, Bitcoin. And uh, this is kind of what they got into. Check it out. What, what, what is going on here? <laughs> 
The Bitcoin bulls are back. Yeah. Uh, look, you know, yesterday CME Bitcoin futures, $1.2 billion in volume. Uh, a lot of these exchanges are seeing uh, all-time highs in volume. And I think that uh, we've seen the bottom of the bear market. But why? And who are these people? Yeah, I think there's two things. So one, definitely institutions are starting to come in. You see Fidelity announcing that they're going to start uh, their custody and trading backed uh, set the d- uh, deadline for July. Uh, but retail also is coming in, right? And I think what you're seeing is two things. One, uh, it's a very scarce asset. We're about a year out from the halvening, so it's going to get about half as scarce uh, in the monetary schedule. That sounds really exciting. The, <laughs> so it, it, historically, that's been a big moment in terms of it really is a price driver uh, because it reminds people that uh, there's only 21 million of these. It's just an arbitrary thing, right? Cut it in half in terms of the units? Preset uh, every four years, basically the amount that is created every 10 minutes gets cut in half. So right now it's 12 and a half Bitcoin every 10 minutes. In May 2020, it'll get cut to 6.25. So if you believe in scarce assets, that's a big moment. And we're about a year out from that. Uh, and then the other thing I'd say is I, I think that the trade war actually has a little bit to do with it, right? This idea that we're watching, you know, essentially a trade war play out on Twitter, you look at a non-sovereign currency, and, and I think that there's some kind look, of safety. Flip that around, though. If, if, if this trade war gets solved, does, does Bitcoin go down? It, it could. right? I, I think that the big thing here is if you look at the macro trend, uh, Bitcoin has seen three drawdowns over 80 percent in its lifetime in the last decade. Uh, but it is the best performing asset. And uh, one of the corollaries I draw is uh, if you look at Amazon stock. Right. So Amazon's drawn down over 90 percent twice. Uh, the intra year drawdown is over 30 percent on average. Right. So it's a, a pretty volatile stock in that sense. Bitcoin's done very similar things, uh, but what it continues to do is set new yearly lows, right? So don't look at the highs, look at the lows. And again, it's just supply and demand. If you have a scarce asset and demand well, increases, Mr. Wonderful it, thinks it's worthless. Well, I, I he called it garbage I, I this morning. I want to explore the idea. Yeah, I did say that. I want to explore the idea that there is nothing here except raw speculation. Mm-hmm. No different than when I go to Las Vegas and put my money on black or red on a roulette wheel, because. Where is the intrinsic value inherent in deploying real capital, let's talk real Mm -hmm. money here, and putting it into Bitcoin as a storage of value? I get gold for 2,000 years, including the Romans. They saw value in in, in owning that as an asset class. Tell me why this, which is basically a digital um, game, Mm -hmm. that's the way I look at it, has any intrinsic value. When people actually put real money into this, they make no interest. They can't pay their taxes with it. The regulators don't like it, which is always a problem for compliance. And where's the long-term value? Just this this idea that they're going to cut the number of units in half? Such a, such a scam. <laughs> like, that's just totally BS. So I would say two things. One is um, it's disruptive technology. So if you look at it from a technology standpoint. But that, that also has an odor of BS to it. It, 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 it. Look, everything that's new seems different, right, in the beginning. And, and I think what you've got to realize is with Bitcoin specifically, money is a belief system. So the U.S. dollar, the only reason why you and I use it is because we believe it has value. So if I give you a dollar, you give me a good or a service in exchange. Right. We believe that it has value. Bitcoin has value because two people who exchange it believe it has that value. And what we're seeing is the volume, right? Look at people using it. That, that's the ultimately what, what matters. What all the other crypto crap? There's lots of other coins. Uh, I, I believe Bitcoin is the king and is going to stay the king for that's a very true. long time. So I taught a class at Harvard 18 months ago that you know, young people in that class challenged me. I put $100 into something called Coinbase, mm-hmm. which is a wallet thing. And uh, you buy Bitcoin. I bought them all. I bought all the crypto crap. I put one hundred dollars in. It's now worth thirty. Thirty. That's a seventy percent loss on my crypto crap. Now I bought them all. Mm-hmm. I think that really sucks. And I think people should understand today that the hot digital is Bitcoin. Tomorrow it could be 
whatever, right? Again, I think that Bitcoin, the, the reason why Bitcoin is uh, getting so much attention, uh, it's the best performing asset in the last decade. Right, it's drastically outperformed S&P, uh, every other kind of uh, financial asset that's out there. And the second thing is um, the institutions are coming in because Bitcoin is actually a better store of value. It's more transparent and more secure. So regulators, they actually like Bitcoin in the sense of law enforcement can track criminal activity. Right, every single transaction is done on a public ledger. I'm you not can sure see the law enforcement loves Bitcoin. I, I've uh, interviewed a DA agent who uh, came on and they would love for criminals to use Bitcoin over U.S. dollars in cash, right? It's much more traceable. And so what law enforcement is saying is they want these digital currencies used, uh, Bitcoin specifically because of the pub- public nature of the transactions, easier to track the criminal activity. After the fact. After the fact, yeah, of course. Well, U.S. dollars, you can't track it before or after. Last time this had a big run up to 20,000 and people started talking about assets with it, the SEC were, was handing out subpoenas like birthday cards. They were doing it for the ICOs. So ICOs are essentially people who took the concept of a blockchain or a, a cryptocurrency token, uh, and they're using it for fundraising for companies. And so you can imagine if you go out and solicit funds from investors and you do nefarious things, the SEC cares I mean, that was, and they want to come talk to you. I mean, you're yeah. talking about instances of fraud. And the fact of the matter is, is Bitcoin has been acting re- pretty well in, in respect to the recent bad news hitting the sector. We had a hack of of uh, Binance. Binance. And then we also have the New York AG bringing charges against Tether and Bitfinex. Yep. And the coin has done Most of it's a remarkably real well. Yeah. And that was some of the biggest news that I was talking about leading up into consensus. That was very bad news, Binance. Tether thing was very bad news too as well. Um, but you had all this big momentum going into consensus, right? Like back is coming, Fidelity already came, TD Ameritrade, we have the happening for Litecoin happening this year. We have a digital asset that was at $3,200, um, kind of staying in the $4,000 level for quite some time. This breakout was going to happen at some point. With that, let's jump into crypto Twitter. Crypto Twitter. Crypto Twitter. All right. So first up, we got Ran Crypto Man Ran, basically the CNBC CNBC guy, the crypto guy, the only crypto show they have. Uh, He says it amazes me how fickle the media are when it comes to crypto. Last month, it was all negative reporting. CNBC removed the BTC widget from their shows. They didn't even talk about crypto for months. Today, every CNBC show had a Bitcoin segment. Where were you guys when we needed you? <laughs> and then also everybody's talking about Coinbase expanding the 85 countries. Um, a lot of people are like, I'd like to move Digibyte to Coinbase. Please add support. Of course, we see uh, people asking for ADA. It seems like a lot of people are just asking for Cardano and, and uh, Digibyte these days. Uh, we also have CryptoDog, one of my favorite people to follow on Twitter. He says, what advice would you give someone just now getting into crypto? That's a really good question. And a lot of people say, not your keys, not your crypto, not your crypto. Another person says 1% trade, understand position, sizing to allow many, many mistakes without getting wrecked. Another person said, sell your house, sell your kids, your kidney, lend money from the bank, lend money from your mom, put all the money you can get in crypto and buy the blood. Oh man, that's so funny. Uh, and then uh, we also have, um, uh, another one of my favorites is Meltem Demers. She said, awesome to see Anthony Pompliano representing Bitcoin. I'm taking the torch from Pomp on CNBC Fast Money tonight. 
uh, yeah, it's uh, it was very cool seeing Pump on there. And yeah, Kevin O'Leary, man, he can be kind of tough. I don't know if y'all watch uh, Shark Tank, but he can kind of come swinging uh, verbally. Right. And I think I think Pump held his ground as best he could. Uh, he's just he's just a really nice guy. We also have Travis Kling. Uh, he says every investor will have crypto asset exposure in their portfolio eventually. All of them. How early or how late each of them are will matter a lot for that portfolio. That's true. Uh, we also have Gemini uh, contacting here on Crypto Twitter. It says, anyone can spend their crypto instantly using Flex HQ spending app. Show us what you bought. And they have a scan where they're scanning it. Uh, it's pretty cool. I mean, that's a really slick app. Hopefully they can release it here on Android here pretty soon. And then lastly, we have Mike Novogratz, our favorite bull. He says, we met 36 years ago when we were more blockheads than blockchain. Fun to have these guys on my crypto journey. It's a picture of him, uh, Joe Lubin, and Dan from Patera Capital. Pretty cool. All right. I think that's all we got for crypto Twitter. Uh, let's go ahead and get into Coin360. That's right. Let's do it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we have a total coin market cap of 244 billion. We have BTC dominance at 58%. Uh, if we look at Bitcoin right now, it's at $8,000 or $8,025 up 2%. Man, it went back up over eight. We have Ethereum at $224. It keeps rising up 8%. And we have XRP at 43 cents, up 17% on the day. We have Bitcoin Cash at $389, down 1%. We have Litecoin rounding out the top five. Here at $94, up 3%. If we look at our 24-hour change on the positive, we have Chainlink up 19% at $0.79. Cents. We have Tezos at $1.62, up 19%. We have ALF at $0.20, cents, up 17%. We have NEM at $0.06, cents at, up 16%. And Ravencoin at $0.05, at five, $0.05, cents, up 16%. If we look at a 24-hour change on the red, we have ABBC coin <laughs> down 12%. At $0.28, cents, we have Factum at $9.75, down 5%. We have Populous at $1.02, down 4%. We have Aurora Coin at one penny, down 5%. We have Horizon at $12.55, down 3%. Man, if we look from Sunday, these are kind of the same coins that everybody was getting out of. Um, usually when I see that kind of stuff going on, it usually tells me that uh, people are pulling out of those coins and getting into some Bitcoin and some Ethereum. That's what that looks like to me. All right, that's all we got for the coin market cap. Let's jump into the end of the show.
That's right, ladies and gentlemen, the Thriller News is Dunsies. Thank you so much for listening. And if you want to contribute at all to our podcast, then by all means, go ahead and leave us an iTunes review or a Google Play review. That helps out tremendously. And if you really want to serve us a really good one, go ahead and click on where it says subscribe now. That's right. We're doing some extra podcasts here on the side. It's subscription only. It's only $7 a month. And if you want to join that, by all means, help us out. With that, by Bitcoin, say the road. See you tomorrow. This is the end of the show. You have been listening to Twitter Podcast with Bar Gonzalez. Remember, Twitter Podcast is not financial advice. Everything Car said likely won't come true. It is up to you. Now go, do your own research. Listen to other dudes that start their name with crypto, and not car. And remember, buy Bitcoin and save the world. One Satoshi at a time. <laughs>